As I'm recording this, my home country, the United States of America, has been in the midst of an upheaval of protests against police brutality against members of the black and brown communities. It has... Even for someone such as myself that likes to think that they are aware of social issues, it has been a horrifically... Maybe not eye-opening, but it's been horrific. Um, Where every protest, no matter how peaceful, is met with this sort of violence that one would never want a police force to use against their own citizens. Video games are complicit in a lot of the mindset that can lead to this. It is... There are not many video games that don't use violence as your way of getting what you want. Where you don't convince people to your side by beating them up. Um, It often has you play as violent but justified cops and other military personnel. And while that is not unique to video games to, to portray those stories, what is unique is, of course, that you are in those shoes and doing those actions. When we talk about XCOM this week or, um, you know, many other games, hopefully in the months to come, it, I don't know when I will have that discussion with a guest. Um, It should happen. It should happen when the guest is someone who knows more than I do. And ideally is someone who is from one of these communities that has been targeted by the people that ostensibly protect us. I think it's important, no matter what a person's art is or platform is, that they make it very clear where they stand on these sorts of things. We are... And this is all ignoring, you know, the pandemic that's still being mismanaged um, with lethal results. So before we get into the episode itself, uh, I will simply say this. Black Lives Matter. Black trans lives matter. Pay attention to your communities. Help those in need. Hold people in authority accountable. Defund the police. Whatever needs to be done so that every person can live a safe life. We should be doing. 
there isn't much point in living in this society if this is how we treat the members of it. Okay. On to the video games. Hi, and welcome to Maybe We Can Fix This, the podcast where we talk about games we like, but that could have been just that little bit better. I am Morgan, your host, and this week I am joined by Jeff. Hello. Now, we are going, this week we're talking about XCOM 2, which is the follow-up, not to the original XCOM, but to the rebooted version about a console generation ago. It is a tactical, uh... I would describe it as a tactical RPG, um, where you command a small squad of soldiers in a resistance against alien overlords who have taken over the, the world. Um, it has permadeath of your troops and all sorts of other fun little features, um, and was, I think, generally well-received. Uh, Jeff, why did you play XCOM 2? Um, I was first drawn to like games like XCOM 2 um, when I was younger. I think I just fell in love with the tactics style gameplay. Um, I remember sinking an unholy amount of hours into Final Fantasy Tactics when that came out. Um, nice. And I just, I love squad-based tactics. And I think XCOM has uh, a really good system um, and and gameplay for a squad-based game. Um, maybe not as many classes <laughs> as tactics, but that's probably for the best. <laughs> but um, no, I just yeah, I picked it up one day and uh, yeah, I could I couldn't put it down. I've I've sunk a lot of hours into it. So yeah, like beaten it more than once, sunk a lot of hours into it. Yeah, gotcha. Because I have it on PC, and then it was free on the PlayStation 4 store one month. So I was like, well, of course. Gotcha. So I have it for both. Yeah, I um, I picked it up on PS4. Like, I have, like, a physical disc on PS4. Because um, I'd heard very good things. I kept meaning to play the first of the newer XCOM games and still haven't gotten around to it. Um, and then, you know, you were like, I have things to talk about with this one. So I... Played XCOM 2, um, and I honestly really enjoyed it. I've played a lot of tactics uh, games over the years. You know, your Final Fantasy Tactics, your Fire Emblems, your Advanced Wars, your... Um, I feel like if I keep listing things, they're going to get slightly esoteric. <laughs> um, but I hadn't played, you know, any of the XCOMs, really. Um, and it was a solid experience overall. Um, it had a pretty good level of tension in the various different encounters. Um, the enemies were pretty varied for the amount of time I put into the game, at least. I've I completed my playthrough about six hours ago. So, and it's, it's one playthrough. Uh, so yeah. it's pretty fresh. Um, yeah. And I haven't 
I almost definitely haven't put the time you have into it. So maybe at the enemy types would get stale at that point, but like. Um, uh, no, I, I like them. I think they're good yeah. and I think they're varied and I think they come at you well. Um, there's only like two enemies really um, that kind of come at you story wise. But even if you kind of skipped around the story, um, you know, the, the like bigger batter, like archons and stuff like that, they'll still yeah, show yeah. up. So yeah. even if 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 it's like like in a Final Fantasy, you know, you would do the story mission. You're like, well, now it's time to get everyone to 99 before I do the next story mission. Um, and it's it kind of like changes with your uh, character level, like the difficulty and yeah. the enemies that show up. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely noticed that. Like, I would start going into like just retaliation strike missions and such, um, and it's like, oh, there's four faceless hiding amongst the enemies, and Oh, is that an Archimedon or whatever they're called? This yeah. is this is rough. Yeah, um, I wasn't expecting this. Goodbye, rookie. Right. <laughs> I like. I do like how it's a varied. Um, whereas, like final, like in like a tactics game, like Final Fantasy Tactics, you might be like, well, there's a goblin, and then there's like an undead guy, and then there's like a fire bomb, um, the fire elementals, the, the bombs, yeah. and I'm like. Why would these guys kind of be like together? They're just like general <laughs> monsters. Where at least in XCOM, if they feel like, oh no, this is their unit against my unit, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They they have um. You'll often f face them as small squads that show up. Like typically, they'll show up. I think on the easy difficulty that I played, it was like groups of three most of the time, and it's like an officer and other people. Yes. Um, yep. I don't know. It it did feel like tonally that really worked well yeah it felt more like a a war game like there's squads that you're going through like yeah, this I is think... the captain these are his leaders this is the elite special you know like the viper is like the one viper in the pack and it's yeah. like felt more like they had Until like there's utilities. many vipers in the pack <laughs> yeah <laughs> then there's just um, packs of vipers. uh but yeah uh i think overall the game very much has like a a pretty good mapping of like larger map to smaller missions going on. Um, where like, until I was hitting the end game where I had most of the things and could just, you know, focus on A or B, um, where I spent my time was like a, a, a very conscious decision I was having to make, which I did like. Um, yeah, it's like, do you go get these resources? Do you go count down this mission? You know, unlock this communication do you count down the days on this other thing like like oh, i it, i almost um i don't know what happens if the avatar project which is for the listeners this um overall doomsday clock countdown that you're that the aliens are, are ticking away at i don't know what happens if it fills up but i came really close to finding out what happens um I, because <laughs> it like I, I got to only one notch left, yeah. Um, because I didn't prioritize building a communications facility fast enough, and everything I needed to do to reduce that uh, clock, I needed that communications facility built first, and so it became this like race against the clock of trying to get that one building finished and staffed, um, and of course I didn't have the supplies for it in order to make contact with some resistance cell, in order to attack a facility, in order to, to like keep from maybe losing the game. I really don't know what happens there. 
Um, <laughs> you definitely can. So if, if that if that Avatar project fills up, you you can lose the game. So I won't spoil like that that kind of ending. But yeah, you can sure. totally lose the game if the Avatar project gets completed. Um, nice. And yeah, it does. It, I think they did a really good job of kind of escalating that because the longer you ignore it, it almost seems the faster it goes. Yeah. Whereas if like you're every other mission, you're like, well, I'll, I'll take a tick or two off the Avatar Project counter. Um, you know, it doesn't feel so bad. But if if you're just kind of, you know, lackadaisically going you, around. The longer it takes you to start chipping away at the facilities, the more facilities they build and all of them working at once just means that ticker goes up fast. Yeah. Like it'll all of a sudden be like, oh, it just jumped up like four bars. Like I need to do something yesterday. Yeah. And you almost feel like it's it's tough. It's it's it can be really like you could like you said you were down to the last bar. It can be really hard to kind of come back from that. Yeah, it was really the driver. Excuse me, moving me forward uh, more so than the plot. Um, because the plot of the game, you'll get you know a few story missions, but sorry, where were we? <laughs> Um, we were talking about the the counter and how um, it really does kind of like creep up on you, and it, it's it's like the main driving force for you to kind of get to the end because you'll be like, oh, this is fun, and I'm gonna go shop at the black market, and I'm gonna do this <laughs> mission or whatever, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh no, I got I have to knock down that avatar counter a couple pegs, or I, you know, like you you don't know, yeah. you know, your first playthrough, you're like, do I lose? I don't I don't know, but I don't want to know, <laughs> right? <laughs> and well, that's you really like, don't want to know, like. All of your player characters are very much as like, oh god, don't don't you know they can't complete this project. They can't complete this project. Um, and yeah, the and then you have the commander come and yell at you. Learn, <laughs> the stuff you do start to learn about what the aliens are up to does make you want to not let them continue all their science experiments. Yeah, the, all their um, like when you find like the factories and stuff like that, and you kind of like you're like, oh, that's oh, all right. Like I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to say spoilers <laughs> or anything, but you're like, oh, this is yeah, I gotta stop this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, with that said, what is it about the game that you think could have been better? Um. So I mean, I think there's a couple things. Um. There's one that I think is going to branch across a couple different genres. I'll save that one for the end. Um, and it's not like the typical frustrations. Like I know like in any sort of uh, tactics style game, you're, there's going to be like your chance to hit. Like that's been one of the statistical things forever. And we all get frustrated at like a 97% chance to hit that misses three times in a row. But, you know, not all stats are equal. Um yeah, and human beings are famously bad at probability. Exactly. Um, and I know or that's rather, where... We are bad at looking at a probability, getting an outcome, and understanding that that outcome is legitimate. Right. And, and we think, like, just because we have a 75% chance to hit, that means we're hitting three out of four shots every time. And that's not the case. Um, and I know that that's going to be like a lot of people's complaints. Um, I think for me, some of the design choices just kind of like threw me off a little bit and kind of left me as like, oh, that's kind of like weird. And why would I do that? Um, one of them I think could have been done better, I think, is specifically the healing um, and not so much the healing itself, but like the okay. aftermath. 
because what do you mean? so I could have like one of my soldiers gets shot or whatever, and they mm-hmm. could be down a couple health bubs. And I'm like, well, I'm going to heal them, and I can heal them back up to full, and they can then finish that mission at full health, but still be out for like 21 plus days, whereas another team member who got hurt is out for like 12 and doesn't finish the mission with full health. So like, I feel like that that healing, it kept them alive, which is great, but there's no indicator as to like, that's going to lessen their time that they're going to have to heal kind of thing. It, that part yeah. seemed almost kind of random to me. And I almost felt well, cheated a little bit. From what I could tell from my playthrough, the more damage a unit had taken, regardless of whether it had been healed, the more time they took to, to recover. Um, yeah. I, I think that think part's it's One of the things that... One thing the game, in my experience, wasn't very good at was explaining how some of the systems really worked. Um, And that is one thing that they could have just, in the tutorial about it, put a little blurb like, healing during the mission will not counter this. (laughs) Right, and that's like the first kind of time I did it, and I was like, oh man, that guy's out for like 21 days or whatever, but, you know, and that that kind of sucks. (laughs) Right, (laughs) but I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like if I'm going to spend that turn healing them, it's like, yeah, it's to keep them alive. And I get that. But I almost feel like, I don't know, it should lessen it like a little bit. I'm not saying that they should have it drastically reduced, but it's still it almost seems like even if I heal them to full and they finish not getting touched again, you know, full health finishing a mission still feels weird to be like gravely wounded at the end, you know? Yeah, so I feel sure. like that design, or, or at least if they had like an explanation, like you said, something to kind of indicate that. Because I'm like, it was so weird to be like, he's full health, and yeah. now <laughs> gravely wounded, yeah. lying there on the on the deck, like ready to pass out. It's it it can be kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, I'll give yeah, you it, that. It felt off. Like I would always feel kind of cheated. Like. I, you know, those I had this one person take damage. I fully healed them. I expect they still took damage. They have to spend the time out. I agree yeah. with that mechanic. I just, I always feel like I could have somebody missing health and somebody at full health who both took damage, and the full health person can still sit out almost three times the amount of time than yeah. the person who's leaving the mission injured, like more injured at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I can, I can see how that would be. I didn't necessarily have that experience, but I can definitely see how it would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I've, with the amount of times I've, I've spent yeah. like going through, it's just, I don't know. It always felt weird to me. And I think that it just didn't feel, I don't know. It's just like a, I don't know what the word I'm thinking of, like a eye pleasing thing, like an appeasing thing when you're like, Oh, I left the mission. At least I was able to full heal my guy. And then you see gravely wounded. It's kind of like a, it throws you off. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think there's there's probably a few other places in the game that have like a very similar um, feel to them, like research uh, tasks. The first time you research like a new piece of equipment, you're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna finish this research and go into the fight. And then all it does, it, finishing the research unlocks your ability to buy with resources that item. Yes. Um, 
And the first time you see that, it's like, oh, oh, rude. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, sweet. My guns are going to be awesome now. Oh, no, I don't have 300 supplies to only <laughs> upgrade my rifles. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Um, that that can be really for you feel like you should have got the upgrade for sure yeah um and that one that's one of those things that was definitely once you've encountered it you're like oh, okay so that's how the game works but it's mm-hmm. definitely like a, oh but my expectations they have been dashed yes <laughs> because they don't set you up for that like you were yeah. saying there's no thing at the beginning like this will allow you yeah to there's build. a lot of like just like a lot of my like general small disappointments of the game come down to just not being told how how things work until they happened generally to my detriment um yes like like the exploding the vehicles or yeah exploding with the, the exploding exploding rates on those are so tough it, it wasn't even like the um it wasn't the radius or anything the first time that it happened to me. The first time I saw a vehicle explode, I had three of my four people near that vehicle because I just didn't know the vehicles in this game exploded. Yeah. There was some fire, but I just didn't know. And, and that's the trick. Because you I see it on like, fire. I ended up save scumming that fight, um, which I tried not to do very much. Mm-hmm. Um, because something I had not yet interacted with killed three of my four units. Just killed them. And I was like, huh. I wish that there had been, like, there are other things, other attacks and such that will give you, like, a little radius of, like, get out of this area. Um, And it would have been nice if the cars did that, too. (laughs) And, you know, once it happened to me, it was very rare later on that I would take damage from something exploding because I would pay attention. Um, most of the time, sometimes the fire wasn't actually loading because the game was trying to process too many objects, but <laughs> it was still like a rough initial thing to happen. That happened in like my second fight. <laughs> yeah. It's a mistake. You, I think everyone kind of walks into it because that that's the trap is you'll see the car on fire and you go, oh, okay. Like, that's just going to be on fire. You don't know that, like, two turns later, it's going to turn into a giant bomb and wipe you out if you're close. Once you see that it's on fire, you think that that's fine. And it's the same thing with the buildings. You'll see that, like, the buildings yeah. are on fire. And you're like, and but I can collapsed. walk through. <laughs> yeah, and then it collapsed. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So it's... And I, I think don't think, there's... I don't think I ever had a building fall on me. I did make a building fall on the enemy a couple times. That was very satisfying. I remember playing through one of my first playthroughs and being on the second floor and then having myself collapse through the building and die. And I was like, well, that's cheap. Like, but again, I feel like, and there's a lot of things where like the, like I think the research tree and the base building and like how you, you know, and like building items and like the cars. There's a lot of things I think that they didn't tell you up front. And I don't know if they didn't want to hold your hand or whatnot, but it was at the point of like, oh, well, now I've already screwed myself, though. Like, I'm going to have to play through again or restart. Yeah. Because you didn't give me a quick tool tip for me to even look at this thing. Yeah, I'm never a fan of when a game 
doesn't tell you something and the consequence of you not knowing is having to redo large chunks of gameplay. Right. Like if I was like researching something and I was like, I'm going to focus on armor and defense or whatever. And I decide to play the game through again. And I find for my play style, focusing on like offense worked out way better for me. I mean, that's one thing. Yeah. But like, you could literally research yourself down the tree and be like, oh, crap, I didn't build this shadow f- chamber. Yeah. And now yeah, I can like, progress the story. <laughs> yeah, the, the story gets blocked by things that it lets you ignore, which I don't, I don't know if I would really consider that to be a flaw. I don't know if I'd consider think, it to be a flaw, yeah. but they should definitely give you like, hey, heads up, you know, something like, you still haven't completed the shadow chamber. If you, I you mean, know... you have like a list of tasks. Yeah, but there's so much going on on those screens. Like, oh I, yeah, that my... isn't. It's not the best UI. <laughs> yeah, my first playthrough, I definitely missed that stuff. Like, I was like, oh crap! Like, I, I need to build more communications, but oh no, now I need to do this thing, and like, you feel mm-hmm. like you're five or six steps behind. Yeah, and you had not a fair chance of really knowing that up front. Yeah. I'm wonder I wonder how much of some of these things um are things that the first game would have taught us. You know, like maybe a lot of the enemy types are returning for instance. So like when I lost a character because I ran up and slashed someone who turns out dodges and and counters all melee attacks. Oh, yep. <laughs> you know, that was that was an unfortunate way to learn that lesson. Um mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if that lesson was simply taught in the other game and they just expected everyone who played the second one to play the first one, which yeah, isn't maybe. an reasonable expectation but also is against how most publishers tend to try to do things, so who knows. Yeah, I don't like if that if that was their intention cuz I didn't play the the first new XCOM either. Um, I, I kind of was like, oh, XCOM 2, let me check it out, and really fell in love with it, but I feel like I shouldn't, you know, I, I feel if they were, like, not really punishing, but, like, I feel like information's withheld from me just because I didn't play the first one that's detrimental to, like, gameplay. That's kind yeah. of, you know, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, I don't, have like a large overarching solution to that beyond maybe a few more tool tips or a couple of visual indicators type situation. Um, like just going, do a pass over your game and make sure that someone who's not played the first one understands what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where they're like, oh, you know, you'll learn that lesson once you try it. But it's like, but now that I've tried it, I've already screwed myself (laughs) from making this mistake. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mind... Like, even with the ability to load saves, I still finish the game having lost, like, a... I think I permanently lost, like, nine soldiers, including several of them that I was like, I will not let you die. You are important. And then they Mm -hmm. died. And I was like, you know what? Nope, that was my fault. We're keeping it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, uh, that was that was me. I made that mistake. Yeah, and like I think playing with that sort of a mindset was a good way to do it. 
even if the game sort of lets you undo that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's genuinely how I try. There's like my four or five where I'm like, I have to allow this person to live. But there were definitely times where I sent out a scanner, didn't hear anything, and took mm -hmm. one one little step farther. And I'm like, oh, now I'm, I've got like three different enemy packs that can suddenly locate my entire team and now have a <laughs> round to go because I stepped on yep. that square yep. and not this one. Yep. I, uh... I had a fun moment where I like did a turn, uh, saw the enemy turn, went to the bathroom, came back, had forgotten that multiple enemies had gone into Overwatch. I oh yeah, <laughs> moved my mission critical character. Like if they die, you lose the mission, and they yep. got hit with two elevens and oh. just went down. <laughs> and I was like, well. Just loading. <laughs> yep, and that was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was, but, but then again, that was like a me mistake. Yeah, the game had given me that information. I just didn't care, pay attention. You know. Yeah, there have definitely been times where I'm like, this character should be okay, and they then they, yeah, no, they were not. <laughs> like double critical attacks against them, and I was like, well, I was definitely yeah. wrong. <laughs> Every now and then, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. The enemies actually have access to a lot of the same stuff we do. <laughs> right. And it's or worse like, when you name the characters, because I, I take time and build the characters. Like, Rose is usually my, my sniper, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't... I did a little bit of customizing. So, like, mm -hmm. if they reached, like, Sergeant, I would redo their armor colors in their flag, um, which is mostly red, white, and blue. Even yep. though, like, Americans weren't necessarily my largest group, there's a lot of other countries that also use those colors. Right, um, exactly. I think I had, like, one person who had green uh, and one person who had orange, and everyone else was red, white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a very And then popular I would color. occasionally give them, like, accessories. Um, and then, like, when you get, like, recruits from, from HQ especially later in the game when they're already like officers, they will tend to come with a little bit of customization. Like, yep. There was one guy who lasted a couple missions who like basically looked like crocodile Dundee. Um, <laughs> yeah. I um... just have a bad, a lot of my rangers, <laughs> uh, including, including the one ranger who said like, I will load whenever this person dies because just randomly they have the same name as I find from college. Oh yeah. Yeah, you get weirdly attached to the characters for like But yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that they could have definitely explained better. But I am curious. You said you had another thing that was more than just XCOM, like a genre criticism thing. Yeah, so you've kind of mentioned it a little bit and um, it, it has to do, I think, with, with the saves coming, where you, like, your character that you have, like, grown attached to or fallen in love with, you are like, I am not losing this person, and they die, and that's it. They're, you know, the, these permadeath games, I think, you know, there's no real incentive to then continue that mission, 
like a lot of people would rather be like i like even in final fantasy tactics you've got all your named characters or um the other tactics game uh fire emblem you have all these named characters that you're not going to get again you know it's kind of less an XCOM where you're like well i'll just get another recruit it's like no that named character is dead for for the rest of the game yeah um though at least final fantasy tactics is a lot more lenient about it Um, yes in the first game it takes a few rounds of combat for them to actually uh be gone for good in later games they actually just don't uh, if to my recollection, right, um, and that's yeah. They they you feel like they're dead, and then that's that. Yeah. And I feel like, and and I don't have a good answer for this. This is kind of why I wanted to throw it out there. Um, and I, I find like this issue with like these permadeath games or like stealth games where you're trying to sneak through all perfect, mm-hmm. but then you get caught. There's no real incentive to push through that moment, and it, unless like you as a player decide to. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some, like, especially with stealth, some missions will just be like that person it caught you, you, you have to restart. But if you have the option of keep going, you know, some people would rather be like, no, I want to be, I want to be perfect and like reload yeah. the save. So I don't know with like games like that or permadeath games, I don't know if there'd be, I don't know, I'm trying to think of one, like a better way to say, like, even though this person I've cared about, you know, or named or spent time with has has died in this mission there is still a very valid reason for me to finish the mission move on and not be like okay with losing that person but be like i had to push through the mission because of xyz like i lost that person that stinks but by pushing through and completing this mission and not saves coming I, you know something else happened yeah almost like there's probably little tricks that a per- that you could do like have a file in the save that you update upon going into a mission uh where like you basically inter- it like increment like number of tries and you get you know worse rewards the more tries it took you um that sort of thing like games certainly do this like the GBA Fire Emblem games would keep track of the number of times your characters died. Oh wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So like you can you can uh, reset all you want and it's fairly common in the community for people to do so. And then you get to the credit sequence and it will give you like a win-loss ratio for your characters. Mhm. And those losses aren't you didn't kill the other person. Those losses are fell in battle. Huh. That's the I really like that. And that was before the more recent games where you could actually just set it to casual and they they're not permanently dead. Um the one thing one thing I really liked from those games, uh from Fire Emblem uh Echoes, Shadows of Valencia on 3DS, and from the newest one three house, is that instead of letting you save scum because it doesn't give you like in mission saves you have a certain number that you can increase over time of single move rewinds so like if you if you attack and it goes horribly because of something you don't expect you 
you can rewind that attack. Or if you realize that you should have done something five moves ago, you can rewind five moves. But you might only have seven rewinds for the whole battle. And so, like, it lets you... Re- it lets you recover more gracefully from making small mistakes uh, without feeling as weird about it as a safe scum. And you can still run, and you can run out of those. So it's not like it's just letting you do it willy-nilly. You can go, okay, I, I still don't want to just make rash decisions because I only have so many, you know, band-aids. Uh, and that's something that, like, I definitely found myself wishing for if you in something like XCOM where it was like, you know, I just didn't realize that that square was the wrong one to step on. Or, like, there's a few times where I just, like, press the wrong button. Like, I definitely shot an area effect at myself once because I didn't realize the system hadn't picked up a button press, and so I pressed it again. Um... And just, you know, in effect, shot myself in the foot, only more catastrophically. You know, it was a larger catastrophe than that. Um, mm-hmm. Or like the three times that I pressed the middle, the big middle button on the PS4 controller, because I forgot what it did. And it skips your turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is never a thing that you actually want to have happen. I don't even understand. I found that out by accident um, as well. <laughs> because it's never. I could never think of a situation where you wouldn't want to just go into Overwatch, you know? But oh, there isn't one. Yeah. So it just, <laughs> it's just bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Not, but yeah, so like that sort of limited rewind I think would be useful, but that's still... I don't think that really it deals with the issue that you that's at the heart of what you have. You know? No, and it is interesting, like, and I, I think that for me, I'd use that more for, like, yeah, like, if I, because there are times in XCOM where I feel like I've looked at the map, I've scouted, I feel safe that I can safely step on a certain yep. square, and then you find out by, like, other means of the game, and it was nothing you could have done or predicted or prepped for, mm-hmm. it was definitely the wrong square. And I'm like, well, now I feel kind of cheated. You know, I could see yeah. like a rewind kind of mitigating that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the one I think... thing that I think makes the rewind work is also in if you you have already rolled any random numbers that need to be rolled. So if you just keep doing the same thing, you will get the same result. I, I think like that. that's really important for that. I don't yeah. remember if Three Houses does that. I know with the old Game Boy Advance Fire Emblems, if you like reset and like load your suspended save from before like that action happened, it'll play out exactly the same because it saved what the outcome was going to be. Because um, if you don't have that, then you can just go, oh, but I want the perfect result. Oh, but I want the perfect result. Which is... Right, Not and you're just really gonna do point. it. Some people have all the time to to do that a bunch too, and yeah, yeah. No, I I I like that. I like saying like, no, this is what the result is. If you do this thing, it's going to happen mm-hmm. this way. No matter how many times you try it, 
it's not changing. I it, I think that encourages for you to actually like, no, this was a genuine mistake. I didn't mean to yeah. do this. Um, I want yeah, like, I wanted I just, to do something. Else. I sneezed and you know hunkered down <laughs> when there was a guy with a sword next to me. Oh no! Um, my cat walked across my keyboard and pushed space. Walked across my keyboard. Um, yep. And I think the other thing that's kind of important with a lot of this type of adjustment is you almost definitely need to be able to turn it off for the type of player who does want to just try to do it without it. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I definitely like, agree with that. The newer Fire Emblems that let you turn things to casual so that no one dies do let you have things on Classic so that people still permit that. Like, there's still some appeal to that. But I think, like, you do... None of this has really addressed the main point of how do you incentivize someone to continue with a suboptimal outcome? Right. And, and like, I don't know. I couldn't... At least for the permadeath games, I couldn't really think of a good one. Um, I was kind of mulling it over earlier um, with Rose because she very much likes stealth games. So it kind of just been spitballing a little bit. And I'm like, you know, it'd be almost nice to see, like, if you got caught at this specific point, if now that area did become more alert and heavily guarded, but you could push forward. And if you were able to push through that um, difficult situation, then maybe because that area was more guarded you you know it had like drawn forces from a different area yeah, of the level so maybe there has to be there's if you can make it so there are equivalent benefits uh though differing for finishing a mission without you know losing a soldier or without getting caught uh versus accepting those losses or you know fleeing after being caught type situations like if you can make that more of like a branch than a simply like a, a worse outcome, then I think you could incentivize people to finish it regardless. Right. And yeah, I, like I said, I just couldn't think of a good one for the permadeath games. And I, I would really like to see, you know, a game do that where it's like, well, I've, I've clearly made a mistake or I've been caught. And now in the next little bit of this gameplay, it's going to be really difficult for me. To push forward, but if I do, the next area or something else later on will become available to me or be a little bit easier for me if I stick it out, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think because, like, because even an XCOM, right? Like, I if my character goes down, and I don't know if if you you might have discovered this as well. If your character goes down they're down. Like, even if you pick them up and bring them to the ship, like, they're dead. Like, you got to recover their gear. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I never actually tried to recover the corpse. Oh, Um, yeah, I've tried, because I wasn't sure what would happen. It was almost never never viable. Um, You can pick them up if they are, if they're bleeding out and the mission ends before they bleed out. If they're just unconscious and you eat evac with them they survive if they're unconscious and you evac and you leave them there you do not recover them Um, right which makes sense but it's a pretty low chance for someone especially before you get the perk that increases the chance that they'll bleed out instead of die outright it is a very i think once pre-getting that perk did i see someone bleed out instead of die yeah it, it is not common. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely less common. Um, 
and yeah, I think I I think I tried it maybe once. I picked up a corpse and I was like, "Well, I'm, I don't want to leave this person." And I got to keep their stuff, but it was kind of early on in the game and I'm like, "Yeah, all right. Well, I I didn't really have anything special on this person anyway other than a couple levels and um Yeah, it's all they had like a rage suit and a bolt caster. Right, exactly. So it's like whatever. They now they're dead and I just spent extra time carrying them. But even then I'm like, well if I can do that, I don't know. It's again it, there was no incentive nice for me to was, do it. Yeah, it would have been nice if there was some incentive for recovering recovering the body. Um because if one of my big bads goes down, you know, it's it's very hard for me to be like, yes, this was my mistake. Like, and if it's my mistake, I'm like, yeah. I, I messed this up. But if I feel like the game kind of, you know, wrecked me a bit unfairly, yeah. I'm way more tempted to be like, I'm just going to reload. Because I've am not. i spent like t- 10 hours playing this game and this person's been with me from the beginning and now they're dead. And there's no incentive for me to be like, well, at least I can pull their body back onto the ship and yeah, I get their gear back, but it's like, that's like supplies at that point. I think soldiers did make it to the end, I think. Oh yeah, one did. Godfather did. Wait, no, he was not. Of the original... Let's see. You start with two people that both die in that first mission. Yeah. Which is rude. And then right, they, they have to die. <laughs> Yeah, and then Central and one other person shows up. That one other person did die. That was the one named after my friend from college. <laughs> um, of the group that I recruited, started using following that, I think... Two? Maybe made it to the end? Maybe? My sniper, yeah, for sure. it's tough. I don't think my Grenadier... Oh, the Rangers were all new at that point. Psy Operative was new. Spark if you get a strong... <laughs> yeah, if you get a strong sniper early, they oh, can just not outlast. A strong sniper early. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, uh, the problem... It, it, he survived by virtue of being a sniper and me knowing how to use sniper. Which is, they do not move close. It's sort of like a weird flaw with that class, in my opinion. Where where it's not yeah. it's not sniper it's sharpshooter, um, yes. And so half half of their options their talent tree is around like fancy pistol work, you know. Yeah, like there's it's like just, the the reflex shooting kind yeah, of. And while some of those were useful or cool, it almost never made sense to give those abilities to someone that I expected to stay because you had three other characters that were more likely to be in that sort of range. Yeah, I think I I messed around with it on one build, actually. Um, I mean, I had enough soldiers running around that, like, I tried most of the abilities in the game. I just, you know, the only sniper that I was still using on the regular at the end was the one that had, I think, did they have any snipe shooting abilities? Yeah, they didn't have any from the sharpshooter, from the the pistol side of things. Their yeah. only, like, pistol ability was from the weapon they had. Yeah, I, I, I did it once where I really kind of was like, I'm going to full-on try and deck someone out as, like, my a gunslinger class 
Yeah. And it just uh it was not nearly as powerful as focusing on staying back and, and nailing those like powerful shots. Yeah. Especially I, when you get the the different types of ammo and you're like yeah. I've got like a hundred and fifteen percent chance to hit. I'm gonna set this thing on fire with this dragon ammo. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason for me to move forward. Yeah. Um I did keep I did end up keeping my sniper in like a mid to long range because they were one of the people that had a med kit for picking people back up. Um But yeah, like that was more of an emergency situation. Uh but more to the the, the question that was on hand. Um yeah, it's. I don't know if there is a perfect solution for this because if you make it a narrative incentive um, to finish, even if people die, it that is very that can become extraordinarily complex. Larger cast of of named characters. Oh yeah, for sure. Like if you had an and to beat a dead, uh, you know, to keep beating on the point, if you had like a fire emblem cast. Where you can have, you know, 20, 30, 40 characters, depending on the game. Some of the SNES ones were big. Um, having the narrative branch for all of those people isn't tenable. And so, like, some people end up being less important anyway, and that becomes its own problem. Um, having, like, a mechanical benefit for pushing through might be the better way to go but that's gonna it, i don't know it, 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 it's a difficult thing to try to, to suss out and it's going to vary game to game as to like this is a good way to do it for the whole genre like right yeah like i was saying like i found like stealth games i'm like oh there's there's a couple different ways like i really like you know the redistribution of the guards kind of thing you know the the yeah. map layout may change depending on where you get caught or you know getting caught here means like something else opens up because you know maybe you spooked them and they're like oh we got to move this thing now and you know it becomes you know there's a lot of different ways you could change like a like that kind of level one, but like one, the one thing i might have done with xcom just to to make a pitch here um since you're all resistance fighters theoretically you all have loved ones right oh yeah if someone yeah. dies you get a new recruit who is connected to that person and they start with one of their abilities that they had unlocked. I could see that. It might kind of be ridiculous for like every character because you'd be like, really? Like we're just taking everybody's family <laughs> once they're gone. But um, it could be a friend. I, I... It could be someone who's just inspired by them in some way. But I think if you had like that sort of like passing a torch it would soften the blow of losing someone who'd been trained up just enough people would be more willing to stomach it i like that yeah because like you know you're gonna get a new recruit because you're gonna have to because mm-hmm. xcoms you know you need that squad it is so, very difficult to get through missions with a reduced squad As oh yeah this is the final mission having lost one person in the first half <laughs> oh yeah because you don't get to replenish that it nope. kicks right into the next one. Oh yeah right to the next one and i'd lost um i played with the dlc because i because i'd gotten the game so cheap once i started enjoying it and i went and i bought not like the 20 dollar extra 
new story thing, but like yeah, the Alien Hunters DLC, which gives you a couple more pieces of gear, provided you beat a couple of, ex- of way tougher enemies. I don't know if you played that DLC at all. I actually haven't. Um, it's I've been meaning to, and it's, it's just kind one of, of those it's things. kind of crazy because there's only like three enemies that introduces. It's a souped-up Berserker, Viper, and Archon. See, those being souped up at all just terrifies me. Just the and thought when of I that. say souped up, <laughs> I mean they have. Oh gosh, I think the Archon was the one I killed last, and it had four or five times the health of a normal one. Oh god! So what happens is they basically have these three big health bars. Um, and they will try to flee, um, if you take them down too much in one fight, and the next fight they show up in, they'll still have whatever health they left with. So it'll take you a couple of fights normally to beat them. Not, there are, I'm sure it's possible to beat them in one fight. I did not. There's an achievement for doing it. I did not get it. Um, I kind of like that though. That's, that's a cool feature like that. They hit hard. They have, like, some unique stuff going on. And every action you take, they then do an action. Oh, God. So they had just an automatic reaction? When I say every action, I don't mean, like, okay, my grenadier... Excuse me, my grenadier had their turn. Now this, this enemy goes. I mean, my grenadier moved. This guy goes. Oh, my grenadier fired. This guy goes. And, like, it will only be one action, so maybe they will just move as well. But it's... When they show up, and they show up, like, on Guerrilla Ops um, and such, it's just like, oh, no. You basically have to drop everything to deal with that thing and try to survive it until it either flees or you finally get it down. You should just put everyone in Overwatch and be like, please just move at me. <laughs> Um, but every time you put someone in Overwatch, it's going to move. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's hideous. I, I'm I'm going to have to go and try that out. But yeah, um, that's uh, but wow. the DLC also gives you a couple of unique weapons you can get. There's a single shot rifle called a bolt caster, um, which pain in the butt if you have to reload every time. Um, but it ignores the enemy's dodge stat, which is cool. Oh, that's um, that can be pretty useful. There's a pistol, which I don't think the damage was that different, but it gave you an ability where if that you could do like once per combat, where if you killed someone with that shot, you would go into conceal, which is really cool. Oh, that's um, cool because they, I know the Rangers have something like that. Like if they kill somebody, they. Or, yeah, the Rangers know. have a couple of skills like this, but this lets a, a sharpshooter do it, which is good. That's awesome. Um, that's actually really cool. There's a, a melee weapon that's an axe where you get a free action throw once per fight because you, you have two axes and you can throw one of them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so like that's awesome. And then each of these things, when you beat them, you can research... Um, what turns out into a new armor type that you can make one of, I think. At least at first. Um, but yeah, so it was like really dangerous, but it was rewarding. 
I don't remember where. I don't remember how I got onto that topic. No, we were just. Uh, I think. Uh... Right, right. I was play- I I paid for the DLCs because I I hadn't paid much for the game. Mm-hmm. I also played with the um, the I forget what the name of the DLC is. The one that gives you a robot. <laughs> yeah, I I need to go back and and do the DLC. Ro- robot Pro was Robot Pro was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's cool. Uh, I'm like, I would love to have like a little robot yeah, on my side. The robot's interesting because it can't benefit from cover, but once you level up a bit, it also functions as cover. Oh, that's neat. Um, which is really cool. Is it like it, one of the other like yeah robot? Nice. Yeah. Okay. It's basically you get one of those. Um, nice. I'm down for that. Also, with that, with having that guy with you, and once you've trained up a psyop. Um, that actually gives you six unique units you can take into a fight, which is cool. Because um, as the base game would have it, at first, you know, there's only four different things. And then eventually, when you build your side lab and you can train up those, you get five. But you'll always be duplicating one thing, right? Yeah, I think what yeah. I usually did for that was I would do one person was like a... I guess you can compare them to like my casters with like the hacker. I like this person yeah. is focusing on hacking robots, and then I would have one of them be the healer, and that's kind of how I doubled up on it. But I'd much rather have a robot companion, I think, than do both of those. Yeah, and the robot has like a splash of a bunch of different sort of class ideas in it, um, but it can't be healed. By normal means, it has its own little heal thing that gets like halfway up the tree, and that's the only way to heal it. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I would have, I don't know, I think I would have put, if you had like a hacker, it could help kind of like patch it up. Yeah, I think because they made it as a DLC, they didn't then go and update yeah. the heal tree for the other one, which is fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I have lost my train of thought. It's okay. <laughs> It it crashed into, let's say, a, a, f- a whole group of mutons. Perfect. That would definitely make <laughs> you kind of lose all your plans in one go. Yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to ask, because you had expressed quite a bit of anger at the, uh, the final mission, or at least frustration. Oh, yeah. What about it was frustrating for you? I think... Um, it's because, like, I mean, now that I know going into it, it's fine. But I think it goes back to that, like, you had no idea walking into that. Because everything before that is you do a mission, and then you go back on your ship, and then it you get to regroup. It tells you. Yeah. It does tell but, you, but I... Like, it tells you pretty explicitly, like, you will not be able to heal or do research or anything after this point. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I expected that to be one thing, long. Yeah. Not not like two different things. Like I, yeah, I you like, have like the weird like small squad and then big squad. And then the big squad has a second phase. Yeah. Yeah, because I was all fine going through that big like not I don't want to say too much, but it's basically a facility yeah. kind of thing. And then it's very much like a different kind of facility. Kind of thing, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, I wasn't ready for the second facility part." That, and that part second is second phase is rough. That's and I think that's what it was too. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize like it yeah, was going mean, to be bad." At the, the, at the end of the day, it is the final level of the game, and so it's right. allowed to be rough. 
Yeah. But, like, it can just keep spawning enemies. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, the people who haven't played it, you think, like, okay, I've spawned everything. And that was kind of something, too, that I didn't realize going through. I was like, cool, all the the enemies I needed to spawn have spawned. And but I'll be then, fine. Like, two turns later, it's just, like, more show up, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean, another three codexes? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, wait, no, I already have everything I need right here. I don't... And it'll just keep going. Yeah. And I think the first couple times I tried it, it just, I was not as prepared as I needed to be for that fight. And it just be, was like impossible. I'm like, they will outlast me forever. They will definitely outlast you. Yeah. Um, and I think narratively, they make it clear that like you need to strike fast and they will outlast you with, yep. by drawing parallels to what's happening with other groups. Um, mm-hmm. But it is still something that is very easy to not be for. Yeah. Like as I, as I said, like I lost one of my units in the first half, mm-hmm. and I didn't let myself load back to that first half and try again. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think recently it was it was an experience, um, and I did lose at I think two more people by the time it ended. Yeah, uh, it was rough. <laughs> and I feel like you really need like a psi unit on that mission. I've tried to do it without one. And I one, didn't and have like, one. <laughs> oh, it's so well, much harder. I have, I have that bonus person that they um which I don't know if they give you that not an easy difficulty. I played it through on normal and I don't think I got a bonus person, so um maybe well, not. They give, they give you a bonus person which is someone who has some good abilities, but also if they die, you lose the mission. Oh, um, uh, okay. And so that was useful because they had some Psy abilities. My Psy person wasn't dead. I had one Psy person who was like Magus level awesome. She's mm-hmm. just like old woman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because um, that's just how she showed up. It was just like, what random rookie am I training? Okay, that name. Oh, she's like tight pulled back white hair with sunglasses you go um that's awesome with like armor that was a halter top for crying out loud um but she got wounded on the small squad mission uh everyone else was fine but she she took quite a few blows and you don't have a chance to really do much in between and so she wasn't there for the final fights um which is fun yeah, it was. It's very. I ended up uh, doubling like, up on grenadiers instead. Yeah, I, I, uh, so much harder. The grenadiers are nice. I, I love the destructive power of them. But in that fight, I'm like, I, so much harder without a side person. Um, yeah, I think my main frustration with that was the second phase is rough, and it will mm. never end. It will never end. No, I don't. And it, they give you plenty of other fights that have a similar, the enemy will just keep coming, you need to get out of here or complete your objective. I think it's just, it is the scale of they will keep coming. Because most of the time when you have like reinforcements arriving, you get like one thing of reinforcements every couple of turns, and it's three people. And I definitely had a round of combat in this final fight where nine new enemies showed up. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's bad. <laughs> like it gets, it it gets like, real bad. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's, you don't see it coming. 
you don't. Like, so if anyone who's um, thinking about yeah, playing honestly, it after I listening to this, be prepared. Change <laughs> that, I honestly do think that that was a fairly reasonably designed fight. I, yeah, I don't think I would change it. I think it's appropriately frustrating. Like, I yeah. get frustrated by it because I'm like, this is ridiculous. But I do think, like, the more I think on it, I'm like, no, it, it makes sense. It like, this is very satisfying to win. <laughs> yes. You feel very good and you don't feel like it's impossible. Yeah. But it is very hard. Even apparently on normal difficulty or yeah. not easy difficulty. Because I played it on normal and I was like, this feels like a hard. Hard yeah, I, I um I played the game on easy partly because life is too short to only play games on hard mode and partially because I knew we were going to be recording this podcast and I want to try to see as much of the game as possible before. Yeah. Um which worked. I beat the game. Um Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. and I still had like more permanent depths than the average in the world stats they give you at the end and that sort of thing. Uh, the the funniest stat was I spent twice as much intel on the black as the average player. Wow, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> um, which only bit me a couple of times when I went to make contact with somewhere and went, "Oh no, I don't have thirty intel." <laughs> yeah, I try and save my intel a lot, um, but it's just one of, again. I think that's just one of those things where you're like, "Okay, now I know for mm-hmm. the, the next playthrough, it's something they don't really." Yeah, I think one problem I have with the expectation of a game being played more than one time, it is, it's just not likely that I will play a longer game more than one time these days. No, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, I mean, maybe, you know, that's the, due to the audience they wanted to cater to, but like someone like you or I, like with a backlog of games and yours is much longer than mine. Mine is very long. And I think the other problem is I have, you know, we both have jobs. <laughs> right. Uh, it's we like, have we're other not like hobbies. I have other responsibilities. Yeah. And I have a lot of experiences I want to try. Um, and it's too much to just sit there and like replay a AAA title again and again for, you know, something. And to its credit, I don't think XCOM 2 really expects that. Like, I don't feel like I got a worse experience for not having played it more than once um but there are yeah things where like because if i would go in playing it again i would i'm glad i played on easy yeah i don't think the game would have been forgiving enough for me to put up with it on a higher difficulty yeah because even on normal it can be it can be pretty unforgiving um and yeah i think you're right i think like I mean, maybe it was made a while ago, but like nowadays, like games like that were that long ago. (laughs) No, but like it was made a couple years ago, probably three, three or four. But I feel like anything that's come out in like the past like year or so, like there have been some huge games that have come out, and like for them to expect you to play through like a second time, especially games where you can sync like like Red Dead Redemption, I think you can beat it in like. 20 to 30 hours if you just did the story. But I know for a fact that Rose has sunk over 100 hours into that game. (laughs) I just don't see her Um, being like, I gotta go through it again. I think there have always been games that were short and always been games that are And I think there will always be gamers that 
want short experiences and always be gamers who are willing to put in large amount of hours in single experience. Um, like I can I agree, here, but it's I the, can sit here and list the, examples on both sides on both sides of that. Going back, yeah. I mean, I played it through generations. I played through XCOM multiple times just because I like that style of game. But yeah, it's it's perfectly fine. I can also recommend a few other games that are similar. Right. We should start doing that in this podcast. Recommend similar games to what we're talking about. That sounds like a great idea. I would. (laughs) I have. uh, I actually have like an indie game that I could. I could recommend that I tried a while ago, and I've been meaning to get back into you. Into it's um, I think it was called Regalia of Men and Oh, all right, all right, all right. We'll get to that. Um, okay, I'll hold off for now. <laughs> I got. I have to double check the title anyway. It's Regalia of Men of uh, Men and Monarchs, I believe, or is it Mice? Yes, and Monarchs? Mice and Monarchs. Maybe there was two games with very similar names, and one of them had animals and. <laughs> the, okay, so the regalia one is the not mice one. It's of men okay. and monarchs. Yeah. Um, but before, and I'll edit that little bit out. Um, yeah, yeah. Before we start wrapping up, is there anything else that you would want to talk about in regards to XCOM 2? No. I definitely left it a much more nebulous spot than I than I we I've done so in the past, but I don't think. I don't think that's a bad thing in this case. No, I think, I think it's a, yeah, I think we've left it in a good spot. Um, I think one of the other positive, like one more thing, I you know, I'd like to leave it on a, a good note. Um, of course, and, and it's something I I think that um, I felt was really good. I felt that compared to other games in its genre, I feel mm-hmm. like the styles of missions in XCOM Two were more varied like if um like your spaceship like defending your spaceship i thought was really yeah. cool plus the survivor missions plus the the stealth missions plus the you know the gorilla ops like all that stuff like i think it had there's, a lot of there, there's a pretty good variety of objectives yeah yeah it's not just the standard go in here you fight this team and that's that and yeah. or like uh, the standard like you have to kill this one big bad or keep this mm-hmm. one person alive. And those were there. But I mm-hmm. feel like it had a, a much broader range of the type of map and type of objective. Um, and therefore the types of strategies you were trying to do. Exactly. And I, I feel like like a series like XCOM, um, specifically you know, for XCOM 2, I feel like they did that better um, than a lot of other um, RTS games in the genre that are of this type. Yeah, I would agree on that. All right, so uh, new thing we can start doing this time. Uh, let's recommend some games that are similar to XCOM 2 uh, that you know we've played and we think are worth people checking out. So why don't you start? Yeah, um, so I think one that I would, I would really recommend, um, it's more of like a uh, a funnier themed game so if you're looking for like the seriousness of XCOM or like a Final Fantasy kind of crazy like this is like the big bad fantasy kind of storyline maybe not so much but if you're looking to have like a good time um, I would definitely recommend Regalia of Men and Monarchs uh, it is an RTS turn based RTS kind of thing and uh, tactics style game uh, it also has um, you have a town 
and you have to build up the town and you can have, um, you know, there are people in the town that you can build your relations with and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, it's really funny. I like it a lot. I've laughed quite a bit playing the game. So if you like the squad based tactics, I feel like the combat is very good and the theme's very good. And um, yeah, I, I didn't have any any bad things to say about it when I played through it, and I would highly recommend it for anyone looking for maybe a not as well-known-to-the-genre kind of game. Fair enough. I think uh, my recommendation is going to be something that's got a little more publicity. Uh, it is only on Nintendo Switch, but Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which is basically XCOM but Mario, <laughs> really worth your time. Um, I haven't quite beaten it yet. I have like one world left, but it it's just nice and bright and cheerful while you're running and jumping and sliding around and, you know, shooting at evil rabbits with guns. Um, it is more forgiving than an XCOM game is because there isn't permadeath because you have like all of, I think, eight characters by the end of the game. And you can only take three of them into combat at any one time. Um, so it's like smaller scale. But I don't know. It is it is actually quite a bit of fun. It's very like movement-based compared to XCOM 2's positioning base, is what I would say. Where like there's a lot of benefits to like moving around most of the battlefield at once. Um, which is a fun little twist. And it also has music by Grant Kirkhope uh, from like Banjo-Kazooie and all that jazz. So... Pretty good. I'm really glad that you played that and can give that review because I remember seeing that like trailer when it first came out, and I was like, "That is the most ridiculous thing," and I love it, and I need to play it. And you Rose has it. a Switch, so uh, that might be happening. Yeah, well, if um, if the pandemic lets up, uh, I can lend it to you <laughs> physically. Perfect. I, I'll hold off then, because I have a long backlog. So you have a long backlog, and, it, and because it's a Nintendo product, it's still, it doesn't go down in price as much as some other things would over time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, Jeff, uh, thank you for being on. Where might people find you on the internet? Do you have uh, a public-facing persona? I do have one, uh, currently. Um, I, I did start streaming. Uh, my D&D group can no longer meet up in person. So we've been streaming on Friday nights. Oh, cool. So uh, you can find us on Twitch. Uh, my user is Jeffakong. It's uh, J-E-F-F-A-K-O-N-G on Twitch. And uh, usually Friday nights, um, sometimes we don't play every Friday night because things still seem to pop up and get in the way of D&D. But um Wait. <laughs> yeah, I don't, and people are still always late. I don't understand that, but it's just uh, yep. <laughs> it's just going to be forever the way of D&D. But we I tried to start at seven. I had a game start 40 minutes late, and no one had to leave their living room. I, I, I got to <laughs> tell you, I was really hopeful because one of my, um, one of my players, uh, we used to hold, we used to hold um, our games at my dad's house. And one of my players lived 10 minutes away from my dad, and he was always the last one there, and at least 30 minutes late. Yeah. And I'm like, well, now that we switched to online, <laughs> oh, no, and he's still late. He'll still be like, oh, I'm just making dinner. I'm like, what? We're, we're waiting on you. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, we try and start at 7. I may not kick it on until like 7, 7.30. So, but yeah, Friday nights, Jeff Kong, usually from 7, 7.30-ish till about 10. Cool. Well, hopefully some people check it out. All right. Uh, thank you for for being with me this week. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I hope, listeners, that you have enjoyed the talk. And maybe we could... Maybe we could have improved this. I don't know if we need to fix issue this time, but there's definitely some stuff that could have been ironed out. Until next time. The Maybe We Can Fix This podcast is produced by me, Morgan LeFay. Theme music is by Incredible Unbelievable. And logo design is by Juliana Wheel. You can find some of my writings at morganemily.blog. And you can follow me on Twitter at Morgan the Play. Thank you for listening.